Hello, my silly gooses. Now, before I get you guys into today's episode, I just want to let you guys know, during today's episode, I did curse in the episode. So if you do not like hearing your boy cursing, I will suggest you turning away from this episode. But if cursing does not deter you, please enjoy the episode. I think you would enjoy it, especially my honest take on Chris Rock and his whole uh, Netflix special here. Now, with that being said, let's start the show. Alright, you know what I'm here to do. This is the Midweek Breakdown. I'm your host, G2, and I'm here to talk about Chris Rock's uh, Selective Outrage, his Netflix live special that happened this past Saturday. And let me start with this. If you do not want spoilers about the comedy of Chris Rock of this special, I'm warning you right now, turn it off. Also, make note to the message at the beginning of the episodes. Usually, I don't use a lot of expletives. This time, I'll be using expletives that were used in the stand-up and personally how I feel about said stand-up. Now, with that all being out the way, let me say this right now. Chris Rock, he's a legendary comedian, legendary type of guy. He made $40 million off these past two Netflix specials, the 2018 Tambourine and this year's uh, special right here, the Netflix Live special. Both of those specials, he got $40 million for. I want to say this right now, point blank. Chris Rock robbed the shit out of Netflix. Do you understand me? Chris Rock's live was okay. It was mid. I feel that Chris Rock had a whole year to develop this stand-up act of his, and he delivered mid to everyone. Now, people might say that they don't find it mid. They found it great and everything else. No, let me tell you what you found great. You found great was literally the last 10 to 15 minutes of the special where he went hard in the fucking paint towards Jada Pickett Smith and Will Smith. Because let's be honest, this special right here wouldn't only be remembered for Chris Rock talking about the Smiths. That's all it will ever be remembered for in the years going forward. This will be known as Chris Rock's response to the slap that happened a year ago. And again, I'm not mad at Chris Rock straight up robbing Netflix. I'm not mad at him at all. My man looked crisp and clean robbing Netflix. I mean, he did it right. He came out looking straight up like money. Clean shaved face. All white shirt. All white pants. White platform style boots. Chris Rock came out looking like money, and he knew that he robbed the hell out of Netflix with this special here. This special had three main parts. The first part was when he opened up, he talked about woke culture, cancel culture, people being selective outrage. That was part one of this special. Part two, he started talking about family, and he dove into detail about his children basically being spoiled. Okay, then part three... It was time for the smack. Now, part one, I didn't mind the whole woke thing because this is showing me that even the older style comedians who were used to being able to spill any type of joke on the stage back in their time, they can't do that but so much in this era. They have to change up their style. They have to change up their ways of how to get a laugh or get a chuckle. As a matter of fact, Chris Rock mentioned the selective outrage of people and is how much bullshit it is because he mentioned how you could turn on a Michael Jackson song and people will dance, 
and do everything but a R. Kelly song, that's that's where you will uh, cross the line there. See, my thing with that joke right there was that Michael Jackson, he settled out of court with his quote-unquote accusers. And again, I have to say accusers, and I say quote-unquote accusers because, nigga, there's been a lot of people that have come out that were known for being around Michael Jackson. Macaulay Culkin said Michael Jackson never touched him. Aaron Carter, God rest his soul, he's sat on Vlad interviews and he's talked about how his mother tried to make him tell a story to police officers about Michael Jackson touching him and Aaron Carter had to shut his mother down and say, Mom, you know Michael Jackson didn't touch me. I'm not going to lie about Michael. What the hell are you doing? That man has been treating me and this family nice and well. What the hell are we? No. So that's just still puts a big question mark on the whole Michael Jackson touching him situation and everybody's always going to go to, okay, Michael might be a pedophile or not. I'm going to say that man has never been a pedophile. That's just my thing. I just found it extremely weird. Just me being a guy hanging around with small children. I just think that's kind of weird. But again, hey, people are weird. People are all not the same. So it is what it is in that one. Two, when he starts talking about people being selective outrage and other things, talking about people being able to use phones that were made in other countries by children. And again, He's not wrong at that neither, because you want to know why? We are all using phones that if you really were to dig into the background of where your phone comes from, whether it be an Apple phone or Android or whatever have you, you can look into the background and know that, guess what? There's some child in a third world country that is working down to the fingertip bone to make your phone, that they shouldn't be doing that. But again, over here, we don't care. We go and buy the newest, latest phone. That's just a crave of America whenever a new iPhone comes out. We got to go get it. Hey, cool, fine, whatever. But just know you are supporting somebody out there that is using child labor in a third world country. Just know that. <laughs> I found that part entertaining. I didn't laugh. I didn't chuckle. I sat stone faced, but I was able to get that knowledge and get that information that he was saying. And I was like, yeah, he's right. People like to fake outrage over absolutely nothing. And it reminds me to the point now that, again, I have to say this. People are upset at the Hogwarts game, which is stupid as hell. People are upset because someone plays a Harry Potter game because of J.K. Rowling's own personal beliefs. The creator of Harry Potter. Might I add, there's a lot of you people that will deny Harry Potter and say, I don't like Harry Potter because of J.K. Rowling's own personal beliefs. I guarantee you, the people that say that, they probably got a tattoo of Harry Potter on them somewhere. They probably got some Harry Potter memorabilia somewhere in their household. They probably got something of Harry Potter that means something towards them, and they're going to say, well, that's that. I don't really support J.K. Rowling. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Just because J.K. Rowling said something, that doesn't mean the whole franchise has to go straight to hell. Stop it. It is what it is. I want to ask the people one thing. I want you guys to go to the actors and ask them, can they return all their money that they have been cashing in from these Harry Potter checks, Harry Potter remakes, all these things to return their money? Ask them. I want the fans to literally go out to the actors and ask them these questions. Have you returned your money? Have you did all that? Because you guess what? When they do that, then you let me know. Have they went to Universal and got a Universal for getting on these freaking Harry Potter rides? Because again, J.K. Rowling, she makes money off of those Harry Potter rides. Do they do that? No, they do not. 
This is my thing. And for if you want to know more detail, there is a YouTube video by Mighty Keith. He does an excellent job in talking about fake outrage that people have about the Hogwarts game. And he puts it in a comedic way that you can understand it, but it's still funny to me personally. But you understand what he's saying. He lists how J.K. Rowling has a deal with Universal, how she has a deal with Legos. Legos! And there's still Lego sets of Harry Potter being out there that people are buying. Ladies and gentlemen, fake outrage is a thing, and I respect Chris Rock for saying that. But again, it's always going to be a thing. It is what it is. Then when he talked about Meghan Markle's and her having, quote-unquote, fake outrage over the royal family, how they treated her, I personally was like, mm, I don't, I don't agree with Rock on this one, but hey, it's his platform. He's free to say what he wants, and he's not the only person that's been saying this type of stuff, neither. I've had personal conversations with people, and they say, Meghan Markle knew what she was getting herself into. How could she not? I defended Meghan Markle because I'm of the belief that, you know what? People are people, and you got to experience them yourself. I don't think that she truly knew what she was getting herself into when she started dating Harry and getting serious with him and then meeting the family, the royal family, and all that type of crap. I don't think nobody on this planet, unless you're born around that type of stuff, knows what they're getting themselves into. People can always say, yo, whenever you get money, it's going to change you. You don't know the changes in you until you actually get that type of money. That's the way I see it with Meghan Markle and her situation that she's dealing with right now. What Chris Rock, I didn't like, was he gave away a secret. He gave away a secret that black people do. We check behind our baby's ears to kind of get a glimpse of how the melanin will come out of the baby. Will he be a fairer-skinned child? Will he be a darker-skinned child? That has been a thing that has gone around in the black household. And when he said that on the stage, I immediately say, nigga, shut up. What are you doing? That is a thing that we are supposed to know. We are the only ones that are supposed to be doing that type of stuff. People outside of our culture isn't supposed to know that. That's something that's a secret of the trade for us. That ain't for them to know about. Because there's a lot of things in other cultures that we don't know about that they keep extremely close to the chest. And I feel that whenever the royal family mentioned about how dark the baby was going to be, look at Meghan Markle and look at Harry. Damn it, you pretty know that baby isn't going to be dark. Now, if it would have been different if Meghan Markle was a color like Beyonce, a brown-skinned girl legitimately, that you could see it, and then she got with Harry, and then you could kind of wonder, okay, what shade is the baby going to be? You say that internally. That's what you do with that. But when you look at Meghan Markle and Harry, nigga, there's no way you're going to question what shade the baby's going to turn out to. Come on now. Because again, I'll make it perfectly clear. I didn't know Meghan Markle was black until it was published out in the news and all that. And I was like, hold up, she black? And then I saw the mother, I was like, oh, okay, so she is black. There you go. So when Rock said that, I was like, you nigga, why did you expose that one? You could have did any other thing. Why? Ugh. And also, talking about how a white girl is going to have more problems joining Infinity with a black family than a black woman fitting into a white family, I think he's right on that one, but I think it has advanced more now than it did probably back in the 80s and 90s, to be honest with you. I think a white girl joining a black family, I think a lot of black families see that a lot now and they've gotten accustomed to it. So it is what it is, especially since 
a lot of white culture, they come to black culture and they ingratiate themselves in black culture to the point that, you know what, we kind of take them in as our own. Shoot, Jeff Hardy, he's one of them. Jeff Hardy in every black neighborhood. You can ask a black person about Jeff Hardy and they will say, that's my nigga. They will rock with Jeff Hardy for real. There's a lot of black people that will rock with a lot of white folks because they have ingratiated themselves in the black community. It is what it is. Eminem is another one that comes to mind. Uh, who else was another one? Machine Gun Kelly, when he first started out, people ingratiated him until he started drifting away from the culture, started doing rock and roll. Then whenever he stopped doing rap, that's whenever we were like, okay, so he just used us as a platform. But hey, it is what it is with Machine Gun Kelly. We all like, all right, he was with us and now he's all doing his own thing. Cool, fine, whatever. But white people ingratiating themselves in the black community, it's been a thing. I find that it's probably harder for a black person to ingratiate themselves in a white community unless you fit their prototypical idea of what they want you to fit into. But that's for a different pod. But that was the first, like, third of his comedy special. Then the second third was him talking about his children, how his children are spoiled and how he made his children spoiled because he didn't want them to know about the hood. And he talks about how his children identify as rich, but he identifies as poor because he had to work his way into this rich lifestyle, into putting his children in the best schools, making sure they can speak different languages and all the stuff that you do when you have money aka generational wealth and he talks about how his oldest daughter is now doing culinary school which i applaud her for because i don't think i can cook for anybody i don't think i can cook for anybody outside of my family personally once you get ingratiated into my family then i can cook for you that is what it is but i don't see myself cooking for anybody else so i want to say congratulations to chris rock's older daughter for doing culinary school and how he's so proud of her and how he's so proud of his daughters for just being the people that they are now. He talks about a story about whenever his oldest daughter was in high school on her senior trip, she went to Portugal and she dipped out and away from the group and she got drunk with a couple of her friends. She goes back to the group. They get caught, they get busted. And in these rich high city schools, they end up kicking you out. Now the friends, their parents started getting the lawyers. Chris Rock said that his wife, well, ex-wife, wanted to get a lawyer. He said that he argued with her, but he mentioned that the last time he argued with her, he ended up losing his house. So they ended up getting a lawyer. And he mentions how whenever he came home one day, she was in the backyard chilling with her friends. They were laughing and giggling. And he got mad like a parent would because why are you so smiling and you're kicked out of school right now? So he goes up to her and asks her why she's smiling. She said, it's only a matter of time, dad. I'm going to be back in. Chris Rock mentioned that he snapped. He went to his car, drove to the school. He talked to the dean and he said, listen, I need you to kick my daughter out. And he mentioned how the dean ended up kicking his daughter out and that the daughter got the news. She ended up having to apply to a different school, write up how she got kicked out, why she got here. And then when she transferred to college, she had to write up the situation and why, why she got kicked out of school, why it never happened again. And ultimately that situation ending up making her be a better person than the spoiled brat that she was at that time so that's telling people hey your kids are going to make mistakes you got to let them pay that consequence for that mistake and i like that he included that story in this whole selective outrage thing because again when a kid does something now it's always hey we got to go after the establishment go after them no 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 no. sometimes it's your kid sometimes your kids a fuck up sometimes your kids got to pay the piper for their mistake so I like that Chris Rock added that in the special to incorporate into the selective outrage topic. 
Then he got to what we're all here for, the Will Smith slap. He talked about how that smack wasn't really about him. It was about Jada Pickett Smith in their relationship and how everybody was constantly calling Will Smith a bitch. And then his wife was fucking her son's friend, okay? Now, I normally would not talk about this shit, but for some reason, these niggas put that shit on the internet. I have no idea why two talented people would do something that fucking low down. What the fuck? And we all been cheated on. Everybody in here have been cheated on. None of us have ever been interviewed by the person that cheated on us on television. None of us. It's like, hey, I was sucking somebody else's dick. How did that make you feel? Why the fuck would you do that shit? She hurt him way more than he hurt me, okay? Okay? And by the way, he does that shit. Everybody in the world called him a bitch. I tried to call the motherfucker and give him my condolences. He ain't pick up for me. Everybody called that man a bitch. Fucking Charlemagne called him a bitch. And the Breakfast Club called him a bitch. And the View and the Talk and every rapper and, and fucking the Drink Champs called him a fucking bitch. Everybody called him a bitch. They called his wife a predator. Everybody called him a bitch. <laughs> Chris Rock just let go of that bitch clip so much in that particular cut right there. And personally for me, again, I find that type of comedy great. Because you know what? You're getting the raw, unfiltered idea of what you would say towards someone. And how people feel towards someone. And Chris Rock, even though he was saying Charlemagne, The Breakfast Club, all these people were saying bitch, bitch, bitch. He really felt that way. And he just had to get it that way out before he started really verbally eviscerating Will Smith. He talked about how Will Smith, there is a difference between Will Smith and him just straight up physically wise. Will Smith, he goes to movies and you see him without a shirt off. Chris Rock mentioned that you see me in a movie, I will never take my shirt off. He talked about how even in animation, yo, Will Smith, he played a shark. I play a zebra. How in movies, my man played Muhammad Ali. I played Pookie from New Jack City. And for people that don't know, first and foremost, you should be ashamed of yourself. Watch New Jack City. Pookie is a guy that ends up just like smoking crack, okay? So that's what he's talking about there. But there is a significant difference in Chris Rock and Will Smith. And Chris Rock feels that Will Smith picked him because he was a smaller person and he knew that he could smack him and get away with that type of bullshit. And that's what we all have been saying. The whole entire world has been saying that for literally for the past year. And to finally hear Chris Rock say it out of his own mouth, that makes everything worth the waiting. And he even talked about how he now went to the new movie that Will Smith's in, Emancipation, and now how he just wanted to see Will Smith get his ass whipped because Emancipation is all about slavery. So you get the deal here. That, that type of comedy is meaningful. 
right here for Chris Rock and meaningful for everybody because that shows that Chris Rock is still a person at the end of the day. He's still a real person. He knows what it is. And personally, I thought they would, Chris Rock was going to get more into, yo, you didn't have that type of heat for August Alcina. He was the one piping your girl down. He didn't only mention August by one thing. He called him Jaden Smith's friend. That's the only thing he mentioned of him. I thought Chris Rock was going to do a whole bit about August this and that with Will Smith. I swear to God, I thought that was going to happen, but it didn't happen. It's fine, whatever. But the big message for Chris Rock in this situation with the whole Will Smith deal was that he is not a victim. He is not going to play a victim. He knows he's not a victim because there's other people out there in the world that actually are victims that need people's care. And he's not one of them. Yes, he got smacked. Yes, it hurt, but he took it like a champ. And he's still here doing his job, doing well. And might I add, to this day, Chris Rock is still being looked at more favorable than Will Smith. Before that slap happened, you would say that Will Smith was looked at more favorable than Chris Rock. But after that slap, it has been a complete 180. Chris Rock is now above Will Smith, off top. So for me, I personally am going to say, Yo, Chris Rock, he should have went way harder on Will Smith. But I feel that he just gave Will Smith a couple nice little slaps here and there. And let's not forget, Jada, she got some shots in here too. He called Jada a bitch. Because let's be honest, again, this whole thing wouldn't have happened if, guess what? Her side piece dude wouldn't have said nothing out to the public. And about how the whole rivalry between them and Rock has been going on for years. It never was Rock. Rock mentioned how whenever he was supposed to host the Oscars, and he did host the Oscars a couple years ago, Jada put out a message saying that Chris Rock should quit the Oscar hosting because Will Smith didn't get nominated for the movie Concussion. And Rock, he made a joke by saying, since I didn't quit my hosting gigs as being the host of the Oscars, Will Smith ended up giving me a concussion. So you saw what it was with here. Chris Rock was letting it fly, and I feel that he should have dug in more deeper, but he did not. He came off giving them a lighthearted slap. And for 10 minutes, he went on a complete thing. And he ended off by saying, for the people that felt the need to ask me why I did not do something to Will Smith right that moment, he said, because I was taught by my mother to never fight in front of white folks. And he dropped the mic, and then that's whenever he got a standing ovation from the crowd. So that tells me right there that I think Chris Rock, if anything, he still might want to smoke a little bit with Will Smith. If people want to see that, I would love to see Will Smith and Chris Rock get into something. Even though Will Smith is bigger than Chris, Chris was letting real know at the end of that, I ain't no punk. And let me tell you something, I'll give it to you, but we got to do it in our own situations, not in front of white folks, because white folks, they don't want to deter your money. And Will Smith is feeling that now. He fought that for a whole year, and he's banned from the Oscars, which is going to happen this Sunday, which might I add again, masterful tactical work by Chris Rock and Netflix to put this Netflix special out literally a week before Oscars is supposed to show out again. So this is going to keep everybody in the eyes and mindset of this is what happened last year at the Oscars. So again, this might put more eyes on the Oscars. And again, this helps Chris Rock in the eyes of Hollywood. He did you guys a big favor. So we'll have to see how much the ratings will increase or decrease 
or in the eyes of social media, how much they will increase or decrease now because everybody's going to wonder what type of shenanigan stupidness is going to have at the Oscars this year, if any. So we'll have to wait and see. So now with all of that being said, Chris Rock, this special, I give it mid. He could have did way more better, in my personal opinion. But I feel that the way that he got at Will Smith and Jada and then it made it well worthy to wait those 50 minutes before he actually got to it. So now with all that truly being said, that was my review of Chris Rock's Selected Outrage Netflix special. And that just lets me know one thing too, by the way. Netflix with this special that they did right here live, they're telling me that they have bigger works at play. They could probably try to grab other things to put on their Netflix uh, platform and be in a live special occasion. I don't know how many people tuned in to watch this special, but I can tell you right now, it was probably a lot because they really heavy marketed this thing and make sure people really check this thing out. So imagine if they able to get the NBA Finals or the Super Bowl or a soccer FIFA style situation on Netflix for a live situation, I'm telling you. I feel that's where Netflix is trying to go with this. They're trying to really expand themselves into live actual programming. So we'll have to wait and see with that. But this was the right step for them to do it because comedy is what they're known for now, Netflix. So hopefully they actually do something along the lines of sports next. But we'll have to wait and see. Now, before I play you guys the music of the week here, I just want to say one last final thing. Netflix, you guys are not, you guys are not fooling me. For the last two big things on Netflix, you guys have been playing Jay-Z's and Kanye's Niggas in Paris. This one right here where Chris Rock got done with his Netflix special, you had the beat playing for him at the end of this. And also in You People, that was the last song that you guys heard whenever it started going to the credits, Niggas in Paris. You guys paid a heavy penny for that. And I don't know how much usage you guys are able to use off that. I just want to let that be known. You guys are using niggas in Paris, and I'm just really wondering how much money Kanye and Jay-Z and the music business got from that. I'm not I'm not forgetting that, especially with the way that Hollywood and everybody treated Kanye and all that type of stuff. I'm not. Mm-mm, it hasn't left me. So I hope everybody enjoyed today's episode of the Midweek Breakdown of me reviewing Chris Rock's Netflix special. If you want to watch it, go ahead and do it. But that's just my review on it. Now, I find it fitting that Kanye West and Jay-Z were the ending of Chris Rock special, so I decided, why not continue to flow? So, ladies and gentlemen, Kanye West and Jay-Z's Niggas in Paris. So I ball so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. First niggas gotta find me. What's 50 grand to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? Ball so hard, this shit crazy. Y'all don't know that don't shit phase. And that's the go. 0 for 82 when I look at you like this shit gravy. Ball so hard, this shit weird. We ain't even pro be here. Ball so hard since we here. It's only right that we be fair. Psycho, I'm libo. The go Michael. Take your pick. Jackson, Tyson, Jordan. Game six. Ball so hard, got a broke clock. Rollies that don't tick tock. All the Mars that's losing time, hitting behind all these big rocks. Fall so hard, I'm shocked too. I'm supposed to be locked up too. You escape, but I escape. You be in Paris getting fucked 
up too. Ball so hard, let's get faded. Libraries for like six days. Gold bottles, soul models, spilling ace on my sick days. So ball so hard, bitch behave. Just might let you meet gay. Shot towns, B rolls, moving the next BK. Ball so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. That shit crack. That shit crack. That shit crack. Ball so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. That shit crack. That shit crack. That shit crack. She said, yeah, can we get married at the mile? I said, look, you need to crawl for your bar. Come and meet me in the bathroom style. And show me why you deserve to have it all. Ball so hard. That she crack. That she crack. Ain't it, Jay? Ball so hard. What she order? What she order? Fish filet. Ball so hard. Yo, whip so cold. Whip so cold. This whole thing. Ball so hard. Like you ever be around motherfuckers like this again Who's your girl? Grab her hand Fuck that bitch, she don't wanna dance She's my friends, but I'm in France <laughs> I'm just saying Prince Williams ain't do it right If you ask me Cause I was him, I would've Mary Kate and Ashley Was Gucci my nigga? Was Louis my killer? Was drugs my dealer? What's that jacket, Margiela? Doctors say I'm the illest Cause I'm suffering from realness Got my niggas in Paris And they going gorillas, huh? know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It's gets gross. the people going. Ball so hard, motherfuckers want to find me. Ball so hard, motherfuckers want to find me. To the throne, don't let me get in my zone. Don't let me get in my zone. Don't let me get in my zone. These other niggas is lying, acting like the summer ain't mine. I got that hot bitch in my home. You know how many hot bitches I own? Don't let me get in my zone. 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 The stars is in the building, they hands to the ceiling. I know I'm about to kill it. How you know I got that feeling? You are now watching the throne. Don't let me into my zone. Don't let me into my zone I'm definitely in my zone